The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. Hello, and welcome back to The Space Between Presents, The Root of All Evil. I'm your host, Danny, and joining me are my ride-or-die crew. We've got Sarah Burns to my right. Yeah. Author of Lanny, the Girl Without Fear, Dan Cole, to my left. Yep. And the mastermind of the Professional Casual Network, Tim France, is directly in my face. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to respond to that one. (laughs) Call you off guard. (laughs) We're so glad you're joining us for season two and our deep dive into Netflix's four-part docuseries, Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. With that in mind, word of caution. This season is going to deal with some very touchy and uncomfortable subject material. Listener discretion is advised. See our show notes for information if you or someone you know is a survivor of sexual assault or abuse. Thanks for joining us for The Space Between Presents, The Root of All Evil. And let's get into episode three, The Island. I was not excited about this one. I wasn't excited about this episode per se. But I was, there was a lot of anticipation because I've heard of Epstein's Island, the pedo island, you know, for as long as I've known about Jeffrey Epstein. So, you know, this episode deals a lot with that island and shit that happened on there. Also, best part of the whole thing so far starts with a deposition from 2009 (laughs) where, what's his name? Brad Edwards. Bradley Edwards, the lawyer, the badass lawyer. Every deposition with him is so good. Oh God, it's so entertaining. And uh, they ask about his egg-shaped, but not Bradley's, they ask about Epstein's egg-shaped penis. And he doesn't let up too, which I really like. He's like, he's like, not my words. I've got sworn testimony. It says, quote, it's like fat at the base. And really thin up top. Is that how you would describe it? Not not my words. Again, I apologize. Like, I just love that he's so like badass about it. Like to come at Jeffrey Epstein like that. So many people are afraid of Epstein. And Bradley Edwards is like, no, let's we're doing this. They asked questions based on a psychologist's suggestions because Epstein is a narcissist. He has no empathy. He needs control. So they asked Epstein questions that completely take the control away from him to make him more comfortable. And I love love that, too, because he's constantly pleading the fifth to be like, do you have a tiny dick? I plead the fifth. (laughs) All right, tiny dick. Is it egg shaped? (laughs) Does it look like a popular breakfast food? (laughs) I plead the fifth. (laughs) Oh, it's just so good. I love it. And now we can finally talk about it because it's been officially talked about in the episode. Finally talk about it. You mentioned it, I think, in both of you. I know. We've mentioned it, but we haven't talked about it, Dan. Yeah, there's a difference. God. So Palm Beach, 2008, when they turn the case over to the FBI, the FBI finds more victims. After 2008, there's just not a lot of flow of information from the Palm Beach Police Department and the FBI back and forth. Epstein gets a super hush-hush hearing. No one's involved. No one knows what's going on. And it turns out his lawyers worked out a deal. He's going to do 18 months in a Palm Beach detention facility. Yeah. The survivors and the attorneys didn't know about this. And that's actually super illegal. Like, you can't strike a deal like this without letting the accusers know about what's going on. And on their day in court, too. Like, they're there to show up for the case. And he just goes behind a fucking door and apparently just gets out. Yep. And douche lawyer was like, we went through all the proper channels. Uh-huh. Like, no, yep. you fucking did it. Yeah. 
And you know that it's because Epstein has money, and I bet he had a ton of dirt on everybody involved in prosecuting him. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. It's mm-hmm. so frustrating. And if he did go through the proper channels, then those proper channels should be shut the fuck down. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, because this was- Burn the system. Burn it. <laughs> this is a complete miscarriage of justice, and I hate it. Sorry, Dan's giving me a really weird look. It's an interesting use for that term is all. I've never heard of it like that. Miscarriage of justice? Yeah. Oh. You've never heard that? Okay. Cool, 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 so. cool, 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 cool. He's not as into true crime as we are. So oh, that's he, yeah. true. I know. I hear yep. that like all the time. Yeah, right? Yeah, I don't, like, yeah. I don't listen to true crime <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I don't either. And I, I wasn't taken aback by it until you said something. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, get, I certainly get where you're coming from. It works. I just never heard that yeah. term before. Okay. It caught me off guard a little bit. You heard it here first, Dan. At least I did. Not the listeners. In this plea deal, Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell are given immunity for a bunch of shit. And they're also, it's a non-prosecution oh agreement. They're given immunity from future prosecution as well. How is that? A In addition to their co-conspirators, both named and unnamed. I wish you could see my face. I'm so angry. It's and there were a lot of bullshit. them. Right? This was not like him and like his closest two buddies. It was like six or seven other fucking people. Yes, at least. Oh, and those were the named ones. Uh, the co-conspirators and whatnot. Yeah. And they say unnamed so anytime in the future, be like, oh, they weren't unnamed co-conspirators, yeah, so they're immune. Like, what? Like, how? To plead guilty for solicitation and solicitation from a minor. And he gets all indignant, too, during one of the things, too. He's right. like, I was not tried with a crime for sex. I was charged uh-huh. with a crime for solicitation only. Right. right. This was not a sex crime. In New York, this you. was a fine of $100. Fuck. <laughs> it's just, here. just like, burn it down. Right. Burn it down. <laughs> I was charged with getting a prostitute, not with having sex with that prostitute. What are right. like, deal with one? Right? We were going to film a porn movie <laughs> that was for an art house. <laughs> Watch the difference between... Sorry, have you ever seen the Peter Griffin joke? Like, ah, what's the difference between art and art and porn? A government grant. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that. Ah, it's just so frustrating. This had to get approved by a bunch of people and Epstein's team. They had money, they had power, and they had the influence to get it done. Of course, they approved it. They just made this deal from Uh scratch. Quote deal. It's no deal at all because the actual like what they considered punishment was so. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. Do you assume to the people he went in to meet were expecting to actually make some form of plea deal? And he was like, nah, give me fucking immunity and, and them and no, all these other people. I think it was all orchestrated ahead really? of time. Oh, and completely. I think that they went in knowing that this is how it was going to go. A lot of places, um, different like podcasts and media outlets, they refer to this as his sweetheart deal because yeah. it was so fucking bullshit. George Rush interviews Epstein afterwards and Epstein actually feels as if he's charged more harshly than most because Tim, like you said, it was the procurement for prostitution, which I have in my notes. Apparently that doesn't have to do with sex. Like you can be charged right. for getting a prostitute, whatever. Oh God. It doesn't make any sense. It's just so frustrating. So the, the way that this worked, the survivors are identified as underage prostitutes. And so that's why he doesn't get charged with any kind of like... Uh, sex offender, sex crime, thing like that. So these poor girls who've been victimized enough, yeah. now they're known in the community as underage prostitutes. Which That's sounds all. like an oxymoron to me because you're underage, which means you cannot consent. Right. And, pro- yes. and prostitution or sex works. Sex works? Sex works. <laughs> sex work. It, it, it means that you're consenting and you're trying to make a... Right. You know, you're trying to get money to do this and make a living or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's just like, 
But in any way, shape, or form, the yeah. statutory law means you you cannot give the consent. Right. Like exactly. that's the thing that's so, so fucking frustrating exactly. about this. Yeah. Right. Cannot be a prostitute. Right. Exactly. It's like, did they get their working papers from school to do this? Like, I'm asking that facetiously, but literally, like, there are so many levels that this just doesn't make sense, and it just shouldn't be. I don't know. It just shouldn't be the way that it is. No, it I is. can I can see why there's some wiggle room because you can have minors that are tried as adults. Right. So if that's the intent there is that, oh, well, these are adults, which makes them consenting by default. I get the legal aspect of it just on paper, how the mechanics work. But still, it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. Yep. It's just it's incredibly frustrating. And, you, and like, yeah. this is our justice system. Yeah. And you can't be. And it's just sad because you can't be any more articulate than like, it's fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there's like there's no other way to describe it though like it's just so i love this word recently it's just so just an egregious breach of society in a way egregious miscarriage of justice (laughs) i mean sure we could apply that in here there you go so the reason why tim when you asked if we thought that this was how they thought it was going to go down with like epstein and his lawyers i say yes because they talk about the emails between Epstein's lawyers, oh, that's the prosecution. Right. That's right. It's all very friendly. They meet, like Acosta meets with them and with the lawyers at a hotel to keep like certain meetings private or secret. Yeah. Like it's all like shady backdoor I've, bullshit. But there was a, an assistant, I think, to Acosta who was like, we need to start doing these emails through my personal email, not through my work email because right. they, they don't, they can't legally track that or something. Right. That, that was yeah. the thing I forgot. Yeah. And then she literally says at one point, oh, if there's any other changes you want to make to your plea deal, just yeah. let me know. Right. right? Like, like whole... no, how this should have been slam dunk rest of your life in a federal prison case. <sighs> That's yeah. how it should have been. Fucking raped hundreds of underage girls. Like, yes. just, yeah. right? what the fuck? And they had so much evidence for it. And it's just, it's like, gee, is it just like a circle jerk of just white dudes in a, in a room going, oh, I'll be okay, I'll be fine. No one can see me and I'm really right. glad about that, but. Oh, I'm immune so hard right now. <laughs> Until we start, and then, and then in a few minutes when we talk about his actual, quote, time served. Yeah. Was even more bullshit. Yeah. So the episode jumps back and forth here a little bit because like Dan said, we'll talk about Epstein's actual sentencing and the time that he serves in a minute. We go back to 2006 and we meet this woman named Sarah Ransom. This poor woman. I know. She was in her early 20s when she met Jeffrey Epstein and she was sexually trafficked by him. So she comes to America. She comes to New York. She wants to go to the Fashion Institute of Technology. She meets a woman. I can't remember her name, but she's one of uh, Epstein's recruiters and says, hey, I know this guy. He'll make all your dreams come true. Okay, so Sarah Ransom meets him, hits it off, whatever. Epstein invites her to the island. She and some other women in Epstein are on the plane going to the island. Apparently, he has like hardcore sex with another girl on the plane and everyone else pretends to be asleep. Yeah, like, just ignore what? it. Yeah, yeah they just like, ignore it. And she's like, okay. So she should have trusted her instinct. But at that point, you're on a plane, a private plane. Going to a private island, like what do you do in that moment? Get Nothing, get off because yeah. of the implication. Exactly. And I think it's super important as as we hear a lot of these people's stories. The way that he formulates his abuse is there's always a very stark ice, like icebreaker sexual thing. It's either mm-hmm. the paintings and shit in his home. It's something like that where he effectively just like, all right, this is here now. Now everything else, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's yeah. Like you saw it, you know what's gonna happen. Oh God. At this point, we finally get to see some images of the island. It's incredible. 
there are bungalows everywhere. Oh like God. it's it's it gorgeous. So yeah. It's really gorgeous. It's horrific to think of the things that happen there. Uh, they call it Orgy Island because mm. that's what happened there. They actually did get one of his former employees to not like testify, but to kind of speak on the docu series at this yeah. point. And he was the one who was in charge of all of the technology. And uh, he says that Jeffrey Epstein wanted his own private cellular network on the island. Which is like, how do you not have like red flag, red flag, red right? flag? I mean, if I could do that, though, I probably would. He says like, I wish I'd said something so much sooner, but like, yeah. the money right. paid me was good so money, good. That you know? How could you turn it yeah. down? You know, yes and no. It's fucked up because when he ends up being like, all I need to leave this job, mm-hmm. it's because someone's like, what if you had daughters? And he does like, have daughters. you fucking realize yeah. before that point mm-hmm. that you had daughters that... Yeah. And he did. He had a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old daughter. Right. And they're like, would you let your daughters come to this island? And he's like, I won't let my daughters five miles near Jeffrey Epstein. Right. But you can't be here. But, right. you know, again, I want to... I've always... Kind of a philosophy I have is like, you don't know what you how you would react until you're in that situation oh totally you know, right you can, yeah all of us could be like oh well you, you, yeah well, we of course we'd fucking leave and do anything mm-hmm. but like i think it's different know? if it's alleged or you don't literally see it firsthand yeah. that girl 16 that's the duke of york right that's fucked up they're yeah. all like get on the beach if it's like, like oh huh? yeah someone accused him of something i don't know i wasn't mm-hmm. there versus yeah i have to fucking clean up after him right like yeah, yeah. Yeah, he describes, like, weird stuff that happens, like, people on the beach in all, like, different states of undress, and all the girls are described as being very young. So, weird stuff's happening. No one says anything, but everyone had to know. Yeah, they had to. They had to know. So, Sarah describes, it's weird because you're Sarah, Sarah Ransom describes being raped by Jeffrey Epstein and trying to escape the island. She goes, like, to, like, a secluded area, and she's, like, trying to figure out, like, she figures she's just going to swim at that point. You it's see the other islands really close. Yeah. Yeah. Within like hundreds of yards. Yeah. That much. But like swimming uh, in an ocean's really hard. But totally. Yeah. 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 Like it's feasible. Uh-huh. It, oh yeah. Of course. And she's, so she's trying to figure out like how she can get into the water because like, it's a really like rocky cliff face and Epstein finds her immediately. And she realizes like she can't get away. Like he's following her. He's having her watched. She can't get away from him. There's cameras everywhere. Yeah. He effectively just calls her and is like, hey, I'm watching you. Don't fucking do it. Yep. I'll find you. Yeah. Like it's crazy. I'm gonna cast voodoo magic at you. Yep. Voodoo magic on her own baby. Again. Fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. They talk about how in two thousand one, way back in two thousand one, Shantae Davis is his masseuse. He actually employed this woman again in her early twenties to travel with him and he rapes her on the island as well. I, yeah, this you know, is when I started to see a pattern where I don't think we talked about this in episode two. Where if the the girls are younger, he like tricks them, manipulates them into doing things, and makes them so uncomfortable. And a lot of the girls, if they wouldn't have sex with him, he turns them into his recruiters. Right. So find me girls okay who will do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, but if they're older, like twenty plus, seems like he just straight up rapes them. Yeah. And it's just. Yeah. Well, Danny, didn't you just say that? La- I feel like you said that last episode. Maybe we were maybe we did mention Mike. it because we we talked about it earlier yeah. before yeah. we recorded. But, but yeah, it's a I, super. I saw that pattern too. Sorry. Tim. No, no, no. Sorry. It's a super spot on parallel for how that entire process works. Where the only thing he's scared of are the underage girls because he knows, oh well, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, that might fuck me. But later, if I just rape them, it's just their word versus mine. Right. Like, and he has enough power and money to just squash right. any accusation. Yeah, which is terrifying and disgusting. Yeah. So let's go back, well, forward 
to his sweetheart deal Ugh. and and the you know unfortunate circumstances in which he has to live while incarcerated and i use that all so sarcastically so he has a private wing of the jail private wing a private wing, Whole wing. so no cellmates to like butt rape him in the night nothing like that too it was in the like county, county jail, jail. Yeah. yeah his cell door is to be left open he gets special food he has constant access to his lawyers he's given work release immediately he reports back to jail at 8 p.m. six days a week, so he's out 12 hours a day. He paid the salary of an off-duty police officer who was his chaperone. That's $128,000. So they, the, the guy in charge of the jail is like, I mean, we did everything as we were supposed to do it. Yeah, he he, filed, he yeah. filed this paperwork, and you know, one of the things about work release is that you have to pay the salary of the person who's your chaperone, and he did that. Of course he did. How, How if, much? $120,000 is nothing to if him. If I were to commit a crime and I were put in jail and I applied for work release, and they're like, yes, we can let you out on work release, but you have to pay the salary of the person who's chaperoning you, that that I'm not going person's anywhere. salary is more than my salary. Like yeah. an average person cannot afford this, and he still engages in sexual acts when he's out on work release. That's what yeah. we're talking about. Sarah, talking about the rich white guy privilege. We're like, yeah. obviously, right. this is something that's there specifically to benefit the rich because no one else can afford that. Right. Who could go to work and pay someone else's salary <laughs> during you, that right. time? Yeah, and when you talk about you know what laws are systemic oppression well that's fucking right, right there yeah. yep clear as day example yes yep because it's just it's ugh. just so in your face i think <laughs> um, lewis black had a great analogy once he was talking about politics oh, and corporations black. together and he's like yeah they used to kind of just like f- fuck in a hotel room in the dark and now they're just dogs just doing it in the front lawn and you gotta throw <laughs> right. a bucket of water on them to make them stop <laughs> And it's oh, like, that's God. what it is. It's just two dogs. Just oh, my God. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking burn it all down. Burn, burn it down. Burn it down. <laughs> yeah. Theme of today's episode. Yeah. Yeah. Burn it down. Fire. In 2009, Epstein gets out of jail after only serving 13 months. And then he is put on house arrest. The survivor's lo- uh, lawyer, again, Brad, badass Brad, he hires a PI to keep an eye on Jeffrey Epstein. Back. What's he? What he's up to. And... Epstein violates his probation daily. Just so they all the time. Yep, yeah. All the time. Like, hey, he went. Do you know where Epstein? Like, he'll call the probation office. Hey, do you know where Epstein is? Oh, yeah, he's at his house. No, actually, he's on a plane going to New York right now. And the probation officers are like, well, what do you want us to do about it? He's a celebrity. I TV. I was like, do your fucking job. God damn it. When they said he was a celebrity, I was surprised that that was the answer. Because I guess mm. at this point, I never assumed, because he's so quiet, because he's so off the radar, that that was not, How I guess, the most him? accurate word to use. Yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah. But, yeah, I would never see him as a celebrity. I never knew about him until, right. until he died. Until, well, before that, when he was indicted. Yeah. And yeah, I guess it was. Yeah. I had certainly heard about him before, seen articles about these secret fucking sex islands for pedophiles and that Bill Clinton had been there. See, and I haven't. Like, I honestly did not. So, gotcha. yeah. But so it's all just. But it always crazy. sounded like, so fabricated because it's so. Yeah. yeah. So fucking wild. Yeah. Seems so outlandish. And yeah. it's like, oh, j- to us, because that lifestyle right. just seems completely impossible. And it's like, oh, I guess if you have billions of dollars. Impossible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're so much more likely to. Uh, become poor and bankrupt and homeless so we are to become billionaires. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Absolutely. F- to follow the keys to success, it's 
lie about what you've done, lie to your employers, and steal from people. That is how you get ahead. There you go. Oh, man, I've been doing it wrong yeah. the oh entire time. God. Nice oh, guys shit. finish last. I've less. been working 40 hours a week. Damn it. Well, for, you know, that I don't American know, a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like, like, how long have I been working? Days, if Day. not months. Day. I know. <laughs> oh, I've been working so hard. And it's just, it's, yeah. We're all getting fired up. I know. I, just, oh, I, I, yeah. so system, I have no worries. Literally, the PI like follows Epstein to a hotel, waits for him. Epstein comes out, and the PI is like getting photos of Epstein just like walking out of this hotel. He just smiles at right. him, that stupid fucking smile. Yep. yep. Like, what are you going to do? Nothing, because he's untouchable. It's disgusting. In 2002, in LA, Shantae Davis gets asked to go to Africa with Epstein. Mm-hmm. And She's the masseuse. Yes, she's the the like traveling masseuse before Virginia Roberts. And she kind of talks about how, you know, she thought that the rape was like separate and that this was like a way, you know, kind of like dangling a carrot in front of her. Like, hey, I'll make it up to you by taking you to Africa. And it's like, what a great trip. It's the trip with um Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker. They're all guests on the trip, and they're doing something with some foundation for AIDS. Two out of the three, oh, uh, by good. the way, are. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's kind but of. She makes it sound like this was a legit trip. Like, she right? Actually, yeah, she doesn't mention like anything about rape. Awful happens yeah. on this trip. Mm-hmm. Which I was um, like, no, not Chris Tucker. Okay, nothing bad happened. Okay, no, Supreme, don't take the last one. <laughs> I like the fifth element. I love that movie so much. Epstein does target her younger sister, who's like 17, agrees to send her to school in Spain um, because the younger sister like wants to become a translator. But during that time, he also starts abusing the sister, um, which so Shantae Davis feels awful about it. Similar to the Fisher sisters where like I because of my proximity to him, I put my sister in line. I hope they're able to speak to each other somehow. Well, and that's super important, especially the way he targets people that he has them bring in their friends and family so that regardless of what happens in the future, they are going to feel guilt and mm-hmm. they are going to be the target of animosity of anyone mm-hmm. that they brought in yep. he's shifting he's trying to shift the blame off of himself so that these people hate each other and fight each other and sue each other over the real fucking criminal here absolutely yep, yep. and she talks about how her sister comes home from spain with like an eating disorder oh. as a way of coping with it it's just it's tragic it really is they talk about how harvey weinstein is involved with uh, it not which fucking surprised super gross right also a huge levels. gross piece of shit yeah uh, good on Shantae Davis, though. She confronts Jeffrey Epstein about what he did to her sister, and she quits working for him. So, like, she is able to leave That's of her cool. own accord. Which it's is apparently like, a rare situation yes. with right. people that he yep. interacts with. Yep. Back to Sarah Ransom. She talks about how her whole life was organized by Jeffrey Epstein once they got back from the island. He put her up in um, an apartment of his in New York. He paid for her school. He paid for her food. He paid for her transportation. He paid for everything. So she's, like, kind of under his thumb in that way flash forward to 2010 once he's quote unquote released because he was never really in jail he throws a huge party in new york city even after all the sex scandals he donates a ton of money to help his social status dan how much does he say he donated that year he says i gave away 14 million dollars which sounds like a lot of money but again to a billionaire that's hardly anything nothing and he does it just to save face. Yes. And well, it works. Yeah. He totally. buys celebrities. He buys uh-huh. scientific institutions. Like, mm-hmm. yep. He donates a lot to like prestigious institutes like uh, MIT. He gives a ton of money 
to certain departments of theirs, but they only accept the donation as being anonymous. They don't actually attach his name to it. Which is like, what's worse? I know. Like, we, just be out. Just be mm-hmm. the two dogs fucking. Just yeah. ta- if you're going to take yeah. the money, just take it. So I think a lot of it's on the receiving end. When you have the head of an institute or, or you know, a group of medical professionals trying to gather funds to do something, mm-hmm. you are going to keep that anonymous because mm-hmm. you want that money. Obviously, you want to be able to disseminate it amongst the things you want to disseminate it. But you also cannot let any of the other people that you work with understand where that came from because they might blow it up. Yeah. Right. Because they should blow it up. Right. Yeah. You Well, you shouldn't have fucking taken it in the first place. Right. Well, yeah. at the same time, these places, like, they need that money. Often they need that money to, to keep going. Like, in a I way, know, it would but be you're re- MIT. irresponsible. You're not a little rinky-dink university trying to get funding. Right. True. But how else do those places, like, I know, obviously, from tuition and things like that, but I feel like they- To would, really fund research. If somebody found out that they didn't take millions of dollars- doesn't matter where it comes from. They would probably be out of their job, too. Yeah. That's probably like, a huge part of it, actually. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you don't take this money, yeah, I'm going to get someone else at your school who will, who will just then have mm-hmm. your job. Exactly. Right. And then someone else that would take take it without that discretion. Because it's like, you know, the way he can, Epstein can just throw around money. Right. That's how he gets all this power. Because it's like, who's going to turn that down? Yep. Why would you turn that yep. down? I mean, yeah, right. morally, but like if your institution mm-hmm. needs the money. And they're not awful causes. No, you know what I mean. No, like that's I think he cherry picks things that would make oh, him look better. Oh, for sure. Yes, Definitely. for sure. Yep. And no one is saying like, "Where does that money come from? Where does it go? Where does it come from?" Can I, Joe? Thank you. Sorry, that was really lame. <laughs> <laughs> he goes back to business as usual, <sighs> whereas the victims continue to struggle. We hear from them. They talk about how they drop out of school, they start using drugs, they turn to prostitution, they're incarcerated, which is so frustrating to me that some of these girls did things and then were actually incarcerated for them whereas oh god jeff epstein jeff epstein ruined their lives and he got that sweetheart deal it's so uh, it just breaks my heart for them they suffer with depression um cutting attempted suicide Haley robson talks about how her name and picture are released in the paper because she recruited and she was of age. And so she was harassed and stuff because of it, which is like, so her life is over. Yeah. Right. She has so many more mm-hmm. um, consequences than right. Epstein did where like, yeah, she did things that she should not have, obviously, but she was also a victim. Yeah. But she gets completely screwed over mm-hmm. and Epstein got to go to a bad hotel for 13 months. Yep. But every night though. Every right? night. He had yeah, to stay there all day, one day a week. Right. Ugh, must have been awful. And the the Wondery podcast that they do about this case, they talk about his work release. He created this foundation, air quotes, that he worked for specifically so that he could get work release. Like right. He made up a company to say, oh, I'm going to work for this company. And the purpose of the company would, was to find organizations to donate money to. Right. That that was it. And he was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I, I work for this foundation now that I created. And it's just such bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's very frustrating to me. Yes. I'm just I'm silent because I'm just like. Right. Right. So we in the in the docuseries, they flip flop in time quite a bit, which is, you know, a normal way of telling a story, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
it is it is a lot though. It's ninety six to two thousand six to two oh two to yeah. Right. Two thousand nine and yeah, it's right. just all over. So we're going back to two thousand two to Virginia Roberts Gouffray. She is on the island with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell doing their weird quote unquote family threesome fuckery, whatever. No. And Ghislaine Maxwell approaches her about having Ghislaine and Epstein's baby. Yep. And she says, you know, you would essentially they want her to be the surrogate and then the baby would be Ghislaine and Jeffrey's to raise. Just to have a baby. They're what? both so narcissistic, though, I like know. Ghislaine Maxwell. Right. And like she talks about how she's on like the quote unquote Holocaust diet to say skinny because that's how Which Jeffrey Epstein li- likes them. So egregious. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't like. Oh, uh-uh. yeah. But it makes sense that he would like his women, his adult women, emaciated because then they have fewer of the like grown women features. Like if he is a pedophile, like, like why not you, if he is, why he is a, a pedophile in that situation. Right. Why? Right. What's the point? Because well, you're not going to take right. care of it. No, but just to have something, a legacy, a living legacy to leave behind. That's and a status symbol. It. And uh-huh. it appropriates him because he's obviously doing most of this out of, because this is in 2002 that he's doing this, mm-hmm. to associate himself as being a father. You can't put a father figure in jail. Right. You know what I mean? Obviously. I don't know. They do to black people all the time. Ew. Ooh. Pulling out the stops. Yep. I love it. Thank you. But no, you're exactly right. Like right. he's doing it entirely for selfish reasons. So Virginia says, you know, okay, but and I think she was like 19 at the time. She's like, okay, but you guys said that you would help me get my massage therapy license. And they're like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll do that before we go forward with this. So for her birthday, Epstein sends her to Thailand to do it. Um, and in the Wondery podcast that I listened to, he also, in addition to sending her to Thailand to get her like massage certification or whatever, he instructs her to find two young girls to bring back to him, basically. Oh. Um, yeah. And they don't talk about that at all in the docuseries, but that's what the podcast said. So however factual that is, I don't know. But she was like, big no. Yeah. You know, hardcore. So... She ends up finding, not finding, she meets a man from Australia. I think his name's Robert, maybe. And they get married in Thailand. And that is her escape from Epstein's clutches, essentially. And from having to traffic two little Thai girls. It's, oh God. And so they get married after, she and the Australian guy, they get married after seven days. And she tells Epstein that she got married and she wasn't coming back. And he hangs up on her and that's it. Fucking good on her for getting out. I know. But imagine these like extreme circumstances that you have to take to get away from him. Like she had to. And so she's been living in Australia ever since. Like she never came back to America living in in the land down under ever since. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. For real. She got out. It's nuts. It's also crazy. And so her story is where that episode ends. Oh, that was a short one. Essentially, it was very short. Yeah, I know that there were some other things. It was a lot about the island in the episode. Oh, a lot about it. Yeah, we kind of glossed over that. I know that there's one part in this episode where in a in a deposition, um, you know, badass lawyer Brad asks Epstein about like getting to 
French girls for his birthday, two or three French girls, and then like sending them back when he was done with them. Like their parents had like sold them or something. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They very specifically said purchased from, like bought from the parents. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. right. And what was the, wasn't there money. something too for his birthday or something like that? Someone sent him like two twelve year olds or is that yeah, that, yeah. that was yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. holy shit throwing that number two twelve year old French he girls. was not happy with that line of questioning. Yes. Yeah. Just like too fucking bad. Leave it. Yeah, to if you're not happy bad. with it, maybe don't fucking. Yeah. Since this is um at looking like it might be a shorter episode, can mm-hmm. we just fill the next like 25 minutes by just saying fuck Jeffrey Eckstein over and over? <laughs> fuck him. Fuck, fuck his memory. Oh. Fuck Galene Maxwell. 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 Fuck her. Fuck her. Anybody involved. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and just I, I said it a little bit before. Just that this is really a perfect. This whole entire story is a perfect parallel to how sex charges get brought up as a whole. You have hundreds of people completely complacent in that this is happening and not doing anything to stop it. Mm -hmm. People are reporting it. Mothers are reporting it. They're trying to bring charges. Nothing fucking happens. And it's not just because he's a fucking rich white dude. It's constant in our particular system that people aren't believed. It doesn't fucking matter. It's all hearsay. It's all this bullshit Mm -hmm. and nothing moves forward. It's terrifying, really. As anyone that has friends at all or kids or family. Right. Right. Yeah. If you, the fact that this could happen to anyone you know at any time and probably yeah. does. So what's your suggestion for uh, burning it all down and starting over? <laughs> so the first thing you need to do is burn it all down. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So okay. let's burn it all down. Step one. <laughs> we we'll get a start with burning down. Right. So obviously, especially this episode, this whole series has just pissed us all off mm-hmm. about our society in America and, and a lot of places, obviously it's like this in a lot of the world, you know, we sometimes we talk a lot off, off mic about like, what, how do we feel about this? What can we do? Things like that. And I'm sure maybe even listening, people are pissed off about this. You know, what are some things that, that people can do to help? Do we know? I think a big part of it is not being complacent. when you see something like that, if you allude to it, there's probably someone that's been being victimized for a long time. Mm -hmm. And even if it doesn't go anywhere, making sure that it's reported, making sure that there's a record somewhere, not stopping um, the discussion about it is one of the major first things that you could do. Yeah. That anyone in this story could have done that any of the workers or like, it's just fucking awful. Cause even if it doesn't go anywhere at the moment that you, you make a report, that report Eventually, when something does happen, right. we'll be in the record being mm-hmm. like, oh, I said this in 96. Right. right. It, yeah. As right. teachers, we're, we're talked about, like, make have a have a trail. Show that there is a pattern of this behavior. If you have a problem student or whatever, mm-hmm. at least yeah. make a note of it. Yeah. Don't have to tell people all the time in that situation. But it's the same right. kind of thing here is if we can have that paper trail. So it'd be like, look, this is a problem. This has been going on, you know, here and here and here and here and here. And, and yeah. don't let up. Sometimes yep. it takes 22 years. Yep. Sometimes you the assault happens in 96 and he's not jailed till 2016 or 2018 or whatever. Yep. But it can happen as long as you're unfortunately fucking persistent. Right. Well, Unfor- yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great way to say is unfortunately you have to be persistent with this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I think a lot of it, I think we mentioned it last episode, is the whole Me Too movement has kind of opened this up and people are realizing how much of a problem this kind of thing is mm-hmm. and like people didn't think they could talk about it before because it, and nothing ever happened from it. And now things kind of are like he, you know, Epstein did finally 
if something happened to them. Right. Yeah. And we need a societal shift where you believe someone when they tell you that something happened to them. You don't ask, well, are you sure that's how it happened? Or weren't you guys on a date? Or like, wasn't that your boyfriend? Yeah. What were you wearing? What did you do or say that would make him think that he could do that? Like, no, fuck that. I'm sorry. Stop the victim blaming. Exactly. If someone, and you might not even think that that is victim blaming. You might think of that as like your way of understanding the situation more, but you need to be careful what you say, how you say it. And you need to go into a situation like that, just believing the person who's coming to you and telling you this. Yeah. Fucking big ups to the Me Too movement that brought down a lot of fucking scumbags. Uh huh. Harvey Weinstein being one of them. Oh my God. Such like high powered. It's ridiculous. Mm, It's absolutely ridiculous. And that is something where you know that there was a pattern of behavior there for years and no one, either no one said anything or got brushed under the rug, which is where you, that persistence, you've got to be persistent. You've got to be loud. You've got to be more annoying than anything else. And sometimes too, and this, I don't know if this is advice in any way, shape or form, but um, the jokes about Harvey Weinstein have been around forever. Yeah. That if you want to get yep. anywhere in the industry mm-hmm. or movie business, you know, you got to suck this dude's dick or whatever. Yep. There, Jim Jeffries is a comedian that had a show for a little while where, who's the lady that played Princess Leia? That's really bad. Carrie, Carrie Fisher. Fisher. Uh, Carrie Fisher played an agent. What do you mean really bad? That I couldn't remember her name. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, she's great. Um, who uh, played a executive that made Jim Jeffries go down on her because that's how she got in the business. Right. So she, it was like her way of taking it back. And there's been other jokes and other shows too alluding to Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. and how that that has to go in the business. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just getting the information out there in the ether mm-hmm. can start something. It doesn't absolutely have to be an uh, indictment. Day one. Yeah. Right. Just get the information out there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's always an uphill battle, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with people with so much money and power and privilege. Yep. And it doesn't mean it. it's not, it doesn't mean you don't try. Just know that it is, that it is an uphill battle. Right. Cool. Fucking hate it. Burn it down. God Damn, we need a palate cleanser. Can we change the name of the show to just burn it down? Burn it down. <laughs> so, burn it down. Very specifically, the when you watch the show, and like today we've recorded two episodes of this. So I think normally we record one episode, or if you watch one episode at a time, it's very easy to start to get really fucking mad. Mm-hmm. And then you do. You get a palate cleanser. You go on and you do something else. Because we're recording two episodes today, it's difficult to let that fucking yep. fire die down. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's super important because that's exactly how we have to solve these things. Don't fucking get a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Don't go out and think about something else or decompress or have a drink and forget about it. Fucking get fired up and fucking, you know, do something about it. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, making actionable change, it starts with voting. Like yeah. these, these policies are in place. This guy got this sweetheart deal because of the people who were elected officials and they were put in those positions of power, you got to take those people out and put in people who are going to do the right thing and have the best interests of the people at heart, not the best interest of dollars. Right. But that also means educating yourself. Yes. Which can be difficult. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage people to, um, I took a course in college called Media and the Art of Spin. And um, I'm college educated. Hello. Fucking privileged. I know. Fucking privileged. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will say, though, that it did really help me understand, like, where are your news sources coming from? Where Mm -hmm. are, um, who are the voices behind your news sources? How can you find the most 
not something to just uh, confirmation bias to right. feel your confirmation bias, but something that's actually going to challenge you. AP News is actually probably one of the best neutral news. Also, uh, I would say Rutgers, but it's not right. It's Reuters. 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 Yeah. It's 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 something to really keep your eye on when you're looking at things like, oh, who is this coming from? Why is this happening? Is there an alternative motive? Ulterior. Ulterior motive. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, and just check your sources. Even if there's someone you trust, just fucking double check it. It's not yeah. difficult. You know what I mean? Make sure right. the information that you're consuming has a base in reality. Yeah. And it's just a gut check. You know, you hear something and you're like, I don't know if that's true. Let me check. And then you go, yeah, it is or no, mm-hmm. it's not. You know, right. your gut's not always right, but it's usually pretty spot on. Right. And it's important, like you said, to like question and challenge things, but make sure that it's a, a balance of questioning. Like I, I find a lot on my social media right now, everyone's like, oh, you got you to gotta question why this and why that and why this. But then they take information from biased news sources without questioning it. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, you're just questioning things that you don't like or that you don't agree with. If you're going to question everything, you actually have to stand by that and question everything. But not someone who comes to you and says that they were assaulted. Don't question them. Fuck, Fuck the that. System. Fuck that. <laughs> Listen to them. Be a good friend. Yes. And if someone comes to you and tells you that something like that happened to them, like you need to know that that, that is huge. Yeah. That they chose you to come to. And I know like Dan and I, we talk a lot. We're both teachers. So mandated reporters. So kids always know, like, if you come and tell me something, I have to report that or I can lose my certification and I can't teach anymore. And it's hard but they know that if they do come to me and tell me something, things are going to be put into motion because of that. Right. So I'm going to get real personal for a second. Yeah. Not that I have been sexually assaulted in any way, but I've had a very close friend of mine assaulted and she came to me pretty upset, obviously, kind of dazed. And I said, you know, if you want to report it, I would encourage you to do so. But mm-hmm. I understand if you don't want to, but I'm just really trying to push her to so, um to report the incident and uh she ended up not which was her choice and i kind of understand especially since what we just mm-hmm. talked about so you know i've been in those situations it's heartbreaking but you know you just believe them and you go yep that's really you know you just anything that they need you'd be there for them yep. um you know and, and and unfortunately that's happened more than once yeah Ugh. so yep. yeah on that somber note yeah believe the people try to vote know your news sources well yes. and you never know very specifically in the last episode we talked about how the one gentleman that hired epstein was like man i wish i never hired him i wish i never put him in that position mm-hmm. you never know how something is going to spiral out of control if that guy had stopped it there who knows i mean we're talking about literally hundreds of young women mm-hmm. could have prevented probably the most easily the most traumatic experience in their life mm-hmm. is that on him no absolutely not but I mean, there's certainly a little bit of responsibility that staying silent as a witness contributes to the problem. Yep. You think at any one of these points, there are several people that could have prevented all of this by simply reporting something that they knew was wrong. Mm-hmm. Look at and the Alexander Acosta thing. Uh, he gave Epstein the sweetheart deal and then mm-hmm. continued to go on and go forward. And he was go well, just fuck everything. Right. Yeah. I, um, I mean, granted, I don't know if he did anything particularly awful while he was in Trump's cabinet, but it's certainly his deal with Epstein is certainly what took him out of the cabinet. Right. And I'm, I'm saying that super uninformed. I'm looking at it right now because I was like, was there anything else that he fucking 
who knows what he did, but. And like in that same vein of like, you know, that could have been stopped right at the start. Right. The girls that Epstein targeted as well, like their vulnerability and their susceptibility to something like that, that could be targeted and stopped as well. If we had more like at risk youth outreach programs, you know, a lot of those girls came from like broken homes or parents who were addicted to drugs and just like really difficult situations. If we had more things in place where they didn't have to be like, well, hey, if I if I do this for this weird old guy, I can get 200 bucks. I can pay my bills. I can buy myself some food. If we had more programs in place that could help, especially poverty stricken communities, they maybe wouldn't have been in a position where they would have been as vulnerable to to Epstein's predatory attack. So, right. you know, you can staunch it at both ends. Yeah. Staunch. Staunch. I like that word. Fuck that guy. Burn it all down. <laughs> I'm not having a problem with staunch. He was okay. <laughs> we got preachy there. Yeah, we did. Oh, well. Yeah, we did. I feel fired up. Let's go vote. Uh, let's like, go eat. Let's, let's go burn eat. something. <laughs> I'm going to burn something down, but not my lunch because I'm really hungry. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us again for episode three. This is The Space Between Presents The Root of All Evil. And join us next time where we talk about the final episode in the four-part docuseries about Jeffrey Epstein called Jeffrey Epstein Filthy Rich. See ya. Bye. Oh, hey, do you know what time it is? It's giveaway time. In preparation for the release of the New Mutants movie later this summer, The Space Between is covering issues 1 through 20 of the New Mutants comic from the 80s, written by Chris Claremont. In celebration of this, we're giving away a New Mutants epic collection, which includes Marvel graphic novel number 4, New Mutants numbers 1 through 12, Uncanny X-Men number 167, Marvel team-up annual number 6, Magic numbers 1 through 4, and material from Marvel team-up number 100. This is a massive collection, and it can be yours. That's 20 issues in all. Check out our website, professionalcasual.com slash giveaways for details. There are seven ways to enter. Yeah, seven. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for one entry each. Back our Patreon and submit a review on Apple Podcasts for five entries each. And review the Professional Casual Network on Facebook or ask a question of our advice show, Professionally Asked, Casually Answered, for three entries each. Remember, you have to go to professionalcasual.com slash giveaways to get started. If you do all that while you're just farting around on your phone, that's a total of 19 total entries you can get to win this sweet comic collection. Get going. The winner will be announced on July 31st.